This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, Troll. Hello, fans. We are back. In Live in studio. Yeah, took a week off. Some uh, celebration shenanigans, but we're back and here to work. Absolutely. So, uh, hope you had a great 4th of July. I know that we had a, had a pretty good one. So, hopefully you have all of your fingers and, and body parts. So, um, I do have to tell you about DraftKings, our awesome sponsors. They're the leader in daily fantasy sports and how, and, how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Jesus, this is going really well right off the bat. This week's jam packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat into all of the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup for free and sweat like never before. Ever moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get an entry with a free entry with their first deposit. So check it out. Uh, DraftKings is an amazing sport, awesome, awesome to use betting app. It's your money. And they're really, uh, pretty, pretty easy to get the, that, those funds out if you need them. Remember, it's, uh, DraftKings. You can, there's a sports book app. There's a sports betting app. Get them both. Use code THPN to get some, a free entry. A uh, minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You drunk? No, I'm not, not yet. I mean, I've been drinking, but I'm not drunk. Listen, that was brutal. But oh to be God. honest, I wouldn't have done any better. Mm. Being honest. Thank you, Polly. Thank you for your support. Um, all right. But after that, let's, let's pop some tabs. Yeah. One, two, three. So there's two things I wanted to expand on there. So obviously, NBA is in the finals, mm-hmm. so plenty to bet on there. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned golf, and you got me out on the course this weekend. You and, did play golf. You know, hopefully Carl listens when he's not on, and he can <laughs> hear some of this. But I doubt it. Yeah, probably I doubt he not. Listens. I doubt um, he listens. You can check out our TikTok, and we had our buddy Keldus with us, and you can just see... Um, what some actual golfers look like, and then I'm the third swing, and I look like a freaking bear swinging a stick. You do dwarf the club pretty good. I don't know. I mean, good stuff. <laughs> I mean, they're your irons. Why are they so short? They're not short. You just, I don't. They they should fit you perfectly. Yeah. I think that you just kind of you you like you get down. You're like I'm ready to fuck the shit out of this ball, and you do it that way. 
I'm a big motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just ask the kid I uh, buried in beer league. Oh, my God. Now we're getting into some serious bullshit. First off, let me tell you, Caps fans, we're, we're going to be talking about league news today. Uh, obviously, the Stanley Cup is a little bit more of a detailed topic, so we'll be expounding upon that on Thursday. Tune in there. We'll also stream it right after this, just FYI, for the people who like to watch. And, um, and yeah, but, but so just, I had to get that out. I'm, I've been trying to streamline the show here, Polly. I've got to tell everybody what we're going to talk about because we need to always be in, in, uh, mindful of the newest, the new listeners that we're getting every day. Yeah. I'm trying to get them hooked at the beginning with bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that they came to hear about your fucking golf game and, uh, Whatever the hell else we were just talking about. I already forgot it. Beer League. Oh, yeah, Beer League. But you know who probably liked the golf talk was our boy, Andrew Coleman. He did. Shout out, Andrew Coleman. Shout Um, out, Andrew. Speaking of July 4th and Beer League, if you didn't listen, last week we dropped a sled hockey episode on Monday and a Beer League episode on Thursday. So... Those are some archived episodes, but it was uh, a lot of uh, conjecture. Is that is that the right word? Uh, uh, it was just story time with Hockey Troll and Polly Cupcakes, I think, mostly. Yeah. So, uh, if you didn't listen last week, that's something a little different. Yeah, no doubt. Um <laughs> It I and and what what did we go through the stereotypes of beer league and and how we fit into them? Yeah, and yeah. then how I'm one that they didn't cover the sub who always shows up. Yeah, the scumbag move, total scumbag move. Don't pay, don't bring everybody's costs down on beer league. Instead, just uh, free ride. That's why you're always driving. Yeah. Well, speaking of subs. Shout out Buddha, who showed up and was the complete driving force of our offense. He was. I mean, I'm not sure. That's a, that's a pretty low, uh, I guess, crack in the floor to stumble over. But not to discredit Buddha in any way, as I just did. But He did have a, a nice five-hole snipe coming down full speed right side. It was nice. Yeah. The slapper, too. Yeah. Like, Dude's in, in good shape. He's in good shape. Yeah. There's a reason that he's, you know, the county health commissioner. Do we really want to talk about that? No, I was just, yeah, <laughs> referencing. That's true. He's very mindful of health. Yeah. I'll give him that. All right, Captain. Sorry. We've been, uh, we're a little rusty, I'd say. Uh, but, yeah. you know, a week off, man. You, you gotta, you gotta hit the ground running. Um, so let's get into it. So we've got some brief league news, and actually we're going to start with the sad news, as we generally do on this podcast. Uh, um, Matisse Kivlenix tragically passed away on, on the 4th of July due to a fireworks incident in Michigan at Manny Legacy's house. Pretty promising uh, career. I mean, he, he may not have been um, a bona fide NHL starter, but from everything that the Columbus Blue Jackets have said about him, uh, you know, really stand-up guy. Always, always a joy to be around. He was 24. 
Uh, just really tragic stuff. Initially, reports came out that said he got hit in the chest with a mortar and then fell down and hit his head. And then that is what caused, that was the cause of death, but it actually was the impact from the mortar. Yeah. Caused, uh, heart and lung damage. Yeah. Um, super sad freak accident. You really hate to see something like that. Uh, I mean, what a, what a fluke, you know, just crazy, man. Uh, and then, obviously, incredibly tragic with the with the results of it, the the accident in general. So, hearts go out to Matisse's family and Absolutely. and and the entire Columbus, you know, Blue Jackets organization, who's who he was playing for. He had um, <clears throat> just played for Team Latvia in the World Championships. Yeah, and so he was probably training here in the U.S. Like he stayed stateside. Yeah, for the off season. I mean, yeah, legacy, former NHL goalie. Yeah, and he's uh, he's legacy is actually a uh, coach for the Blue Jackets right now. Okay, so that's kind of how that worked out. Yeah, and everything I've read, um, just to go off what you were saying, the the organization, the fans, all you know, saw a bright future. Yeah, really liked the kid. Yeah, if anything, I mean, you know, uh, which kind of pour salt in the wound because not only was he was a decent hockey player, he was uh, just a nice, overall nice dude, you know, good person. So brutal stuff, man. Um, Brian Bugsy Watson died Thursday. Former NHL defenseman was 78. He played 877 NHL games for the Canadians, the Red Wings, the Oakland Seals, the Pittsburgh Penguins, St. Louis, and the Caps uh, in 16 seasons from 63 to 79. 152 points, 17 goals, and 135 assists, and had 2,214 penalty minutes. Uh, was the NHL all-time leader in penalty minutes when he played his final game? Yeah, and you know, since then, the uh, the numbers have gone up a lot. But I mean, almost a thousand games, and obviously by his numbers. <laughs> He was a tough guy, but yeah. the fact that he could still carve out 135 assists and 17 goals, I mean, obviously he contributed all over the ice. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Uh, you're looking at over a penalty a game there, uh, over a minor penalty a game, uh, which is madness. So, hey, sounds like he had a really good run at it, you know. Tragic. It sucks to see uh, an old head go away, but it happens. Um, yeah. Anyways, well, in any case, you know, uh, thoughts go out to the Watson family. Yeah. And uh, another former capital, uh, happy Yomir Yogurt Day. Uh, yeah. this, um, I saw a tweet of him being traded to the Capitals was the beginning of his nomadic NHL career. Well, so... We traded the Caps traded him for not for three prospects that at the point at the time were pretty uh, pretty highly touted, but didn't pan out into anything. Um, well, too many things, at least. And you know, and when I say that, like I think the three of them played maybe a hundred uh, or two hundred NHL games between all three, but. You know, Yager was going to be the savior. I remember when he came, dude. I remember when we traded for Yager 
the mullet was gone. He was like, he was, you know, he'd been kind of living in Mario's shadow and there is that falling out and we got him in DC and he was going to like change the franchise. He was going to be our Ovechkin. He he was not our Ovechkin. Yeah. He scored like 70 points a year. You know, I really thought this was going to happen with Malkin at some point in his career. You know, I thought he wanted to be the guy somewhere and he's still with Pittsburgh. But, you know, I feel like I thought he was going to follow in this, this pace or this track. And just as to, far as like being in the shadow of Crosby. Yeah, and then getting traded. And, um, but something I do want to mention, I, I don't know if we talked about this before, but a couple weeks ago, uh, I was looking at a list of if the draft didn't exist, where players would end up. And, or, I'm sorry, the lottery. Mm. And if the lottery didn't exist, Ovechkin would have been a penguin. So. Nightmare fuel. Whenever you get upset about the draft lottery, just remember, (laughs) the reason we have uh, Ovechkin and not Malkin is because of the lottery. Well, in my eyes, I feel like the penguins should never get draft picks and just fold. So. I could be upset at the lottery. Well, <laughs> it did at least one really good thing. That's true. That's true. But, dude, I mean, come on. The Caps, when we got Ovechkin, were pretty much in the shitter. Yeah. I mean... It's an organization, so... I think Malkin is a really good number two. I don't think he could have elevated the organization the way Ovechkin's presence did. Yeah, and I mean, do you really think that Malkin is like that? Is he a number one guy? You know, I don't think I don't think Gino hates playing in quote unquote Sid's shadow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in his career, he had a max of five years being the guy, right? Not like Crosby and Ovechkin, and two of those were when Crosby was out, right? And that's why I think he does so well. Uh, in those short bursts yeah, of being the guy because it's not all the time. Right, right. But, uh, you know, thanks, draft. Lottery. Yeah, right. And fuck the Penguins, as always. Yeah. Speaking of the Penguins, and we, we can just talk about this now. Did you see this fucking article about that The Athletic put out? And, like, I love how they, how they say, like, this is an objective... Article Like, everybody is saying, like, objective is being... Look, if you have to, like, tout in the first line of your fucking announcement of your article that it's objective, I'm automatically asking questions, dude. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's like um, the day after the tuck rule, the Raiders and the Patriots, they have the rule book right there on the desk on ESPN. <laughs> like, if you have to have the rule book out... You know it's sketchy. Right. So if you have to say objective, right. first line, it's sketchy. Well, anyways, they say that the Penguins are the best team in, in salary cap era because of how many times they've made it deep into the playoffs. I mean, you know, that is that is one metric for success, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, but, but here's, here's my has just as many cups in that time frame. 
Right, and so they ended the Penguins ended with fifty five points, and they have in that since the Crosby era three cups. So they were awarding eleven points for a um, Stanley Cup win. So you're telling me that to beat the Penguins, you would have to have to win five cups, two more cups than they had. What if you won four in a row? Well, maybe Tampa will. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It looked like they might. Kucherov might need to take a little dive. <laughs> yeah. In preseason, <laughs> and and be injured for you know, uh, but hey, it could happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, objective, non-objective. The big thing is, is that this is a complete that like it is a completely subjective best is a, such a, as an, in, in, like, it, it's a, it's a paradox, right? It's, a, it's, the best is a subjective term. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, no, it's, nope, completely objective. Like, no, you just think that they're the best because of your, like, fucking dumbass rating system, which sounds like some fucking three-year-old put it together. Yeah, I mean, I think there, there's a guaranteed two best teams every year. And guaranteed the cup winner, and guaranteed number two, President's Trophy. Okay, fair enough. And what? And you know, and and another thing with the, I guess you could say that. Uh, so you don't you don't see the loser of the Stanley Cup final being important. Very important, but I think. I think people really under. You mean like bests, though? Like, yeah. Quantifiably bests. Yeah, because I think being the best in an 82 regular season is way more important than people give it credit for. Sure. And obviously, if you made the cup, you were good enough to make the playoffs and then the extra push. So if you win both. I think that definitely puts you into a whole new category of elite. Right. And, and I think the last team that did that was Detroit. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen often. Right. So I think just looking at actually winning the best teams in existence are the ones who have done President's Trophy and a cup. But and you're talking like season by season, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's I think that's valid. I, I do. I and because you dominated the regular season and then you lit against all odds, well, against many odds, because we all know that the President's Trophy is considered the kiss of death, right? Right. Uh, you've you've proven the haters wrong, and then you've uh, you've won both. You were the best regular season team by numbers, and then you won the cup. Yeah. I agree. I could agree with that. I think that's a, I think that's a good take. And that I don't think has happened in the entire salary or in t- since the lockout. Um, yeah, because I don't know. Detroit was the last one. They did it back in the day, like back in the nineties. I thought were the the very last one. Yeah, I think so. Well, I know the Avalanche, one of their cups. I think it was oh one. I'll look it Why don't up. You look it up there, stats guy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, all, I agree. I do stats agree. Right. Uh, I I th- I think you're right. I mean, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, this ridiculous. I mean, it's it's just it's mental masturbation is what is what's going on with this article, and that's fine. Hey, you know, this is a free country. You can do whatever you want, but I can also shit on it as much as I want as well, and that's what I'm doing. Um, 
I don't know. It, whatever. Anyways, I don't know if you all heard as we move on, or did you find it, Polly? 2012-13 Blackhawks. Really? It wasn't the the Blackhawks won the President's Trophy and the and the Cup in 2013. Yeah, but a lot of people would caveat that because it was season. a lot half season, thirty five game season. Before that was Detroit oh seven oh eight. Okay, but then, so that was within the era. That was but, within. That's within the. Yeah, okay. those are the only two, and Detroit was the last one before the lockout. Gotcha. Do you mean the half season lockout, not the 05 lockout? No, the, so the since the complete lockout, two teams, right. Detroit okay. and then Chicago. Yeah, the full and, season lockout. Since the full season lockout, two teams have done it. Detroit no 708 mm-hmm. and then the Hawks on the shortened season. Yeah. I would caveat that. I would asterisk that. Yeah. I Interesting. Didn't Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, um, speaking of the Stanley Cup and the playoffs, I don't know if you guys heard, but Tampa Bay won the Cup in five games. I had the Habs in seven. Polly, you, uh, you know, Tampa you think with six. your brain. You think with your brain. I think with my heart. Mm-hmm. And you generally come out on top. Yeah. So I would give you the win on that, on that guess. Well, yeah, because... I always go prices right, you know? So I was, I underbid. No, I overbid. Yeah. I did. But still, I picked the right team. You did. And you were just one game away. So good for you. You're awarded 5,000 points. Thanks. You know, and I said on my, my uh, guest spot, sports stuff with Jim and Muff, mm. that I would love to be wrong, but yeah. I did pick Tampa in six. Yeah. Yeah, you were consistent too. It's nice that. You don't get extra points for that, though. Okay. That's fine. But it, it's nice that they won on home ice because since the lockout, it's been a lot of away winners, which I'm sure doesn't dull anything. Right. It's got to be nice to win in front of your home crowd. Yeah. And I saw a tweet that was like, are the Tampa Bay Lightning the best team in the recent era because they've won two cups in like 10 months? I mean, I think that... The fact that they won both during COVID in this shortened time frame definitely makes up for some of the um, lack of games. I still think it's harder to win two full season cup cups like the Penguins. Uh, shut the fuck up, dude! Why are you bring that up? <laughs> I'm just. Um, I do know. think that yeah, I do think that that's harder. But the Penguins don't get enough credit, or don't get the right credit in my eyes, because they were, you know, they were given that by the NHL. Right. Yeah. Right. Lots of facts there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think uh, it's it's a unique challenge that they had. Yes. Ab- yes, it was unique. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and you know, this just goes a uh, goes to validate some thoughts I've had of how in pro sports and in the NHL a lot, uh, except for the occasional run, how it takes so long to build up to a cup. So, you know, like the Caps, they had like 10 years of underachieving 
and they finally got it. Uh, Tampa, how many times? So they went to the Cup. They've lost. Um, they've lost quite a bit of Eastern Conference Finals. You know, uh, yeah, like for the against last the Caps, namely. seven to eight years, Tampa has been on the cusp. And I mean, that's just what it takes. You know, I think the Blues are really one of the only exceptions, and they were still relevant before their Cup. Right, but you know the Caps, Tampa Bay, the Penguins, like these teams were regularly in the shit, and they just like finally broke through. Yeah, I mean the I think that the Penguins and the Caps both had, and and you know Tampa Bay especially, both had these kind of um, high expectation years after some success, and you know. Finally, when no expectations were abound, mm-hmm. they they did it. You know, I think that the Penguins, though, to their credit, are like they they had to do it. They had to go for it on the back to back, and they did. And then yeah. you know the NHL played their part, and you know, yeah, whatever. Well, see, that's why I think looking at what's happened in the <laughs> NHL, I think the Avalanche for example, are probably going to spend a couple more years as a preseason favorite. And three or four years from now, people are going to be like, all right, they blew it. And then they're going to win the cup. Yeah. Um, You know, and I mean, I think that uh, Brian McClellan really kind of put put the team over a fire when this happened, right? Like he was like, we only have this window and we'll never be able to do it unless – this happens and this happens and it's this is we've got a two year window. The whole window thing is um I think more business planning for him. Yeah. Than you know, whatever that is. I, I when expectations are decreased and the moment is smaller in the player's eyes, maybe it's that's the time that they, they get over the hump. Yeah, I mean the mental and, part is big. And you look at, I think that all teams that win the Stanley Cup have to deal with a certain amount of adversity. And if you look at the past three years, uh, four years now, you look at Tampa Bay, who last year won the, won the cat, won the Asterix Cup in the bubble. This year they had something to prove still and had the, had most of the core together and went and did it. The Blues had a shit half season and I think that that was one of the flukiest cups that's ever happened but they turned on at the right time and you know they had adversity first half of the season and then they were the ultimate cliche of getting hot at the right time yeah the Cinderella story as well right I mean all those all those uh, sports adages that you could put in and then the caps you know years of failure uh, and then boom right into it win a cup and it's all for naught, right? You know. Um, so, to your point, yeah, I think every team has to battle that adversity, no matter how good you are. So, who knows? Maybe it's the Avalanche uh, underperforming as they have. I think the Avalanche have underperformed for a few years now in the in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, who knows exactly how that how that's going to work out? But whatever. I mean, in any way, in any case, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for sure. Uh, I'm glad that at least there's another back-to-back. The last back-to-back cups. Yeah, more recent. Yeah. The well, Tampa Bay Lightning. Speaking of cups, speaking of caps, mm. the 
Caps ECHL affiliate, the South Carolina Stingrays, made it to the Kelly Cup, but they were defeated by the Comets 3-1. to one, five Fort Wayne. Series. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, there's, uh, you know, Hershey has had plenty of success in South Carolina. You know, they stay very relevant in the ECHL. So, it's right. good to see for the future. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, um, it, who knows what those players are going to be, you know, especially when you're talking about the ECHL, how many of those guys are going to make it into the NHL is a very low number. Uh, it's a low number to get into the A and then even lower, they um, matriculate, if you will, into the, into the, uh, into the NHL. So in any case, it's, it shows strong organizational prowess though. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about these ESPN analysts, huh? All right. So we've got like some pretty big names. So the, the, the ESPN, all right, look, it's so clear and I hate to say it. And I think that probably the guys who did do the announcing for the Stanley Cup, I think that they were just kind of thrown under the bus because the network NBC has clearly been mailing it in. They're like the last year of the contract is the last fucking last thing that we have to do with the NHL. And the perfect storm with the Olympics on the horizon. Yeah, because there was something else to focus on. Right. Right. Yeah, and so everybody on NBC, the not not so much the announcers themselves or the analysts themselves, but they um, they were mailing it in, I felt. Mm -hmm. The analyst uh, will give you a quick rundown of like what everybody's going to do. Uh, and it looks like Sean McDonough will be the lead announcer and will call the cup finals for ESPN. Steve Levy will be also announced games, but will be a studio host for the big games and the playoffs. He's joined by now. These are two huge, huge names, Chris Chelios and Mark Messier. I mean, Chelly and Messi. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. What you is, can't. What's that's, an upgrade from like. No, no disrespect, but like uh, Keith. Uh, yeah, in Millbury. Yeah. Yeah, Keith Jones. Yeah, Keith Jones and Mike Millbury. What an upgrade! Or, yeah, legends. Okay, so here here is my one gripe. Where the fuck is Patrick Sharp? Maybe maybe Turner will pick him up. Sharpie, come on! I've got to see you, babe. Like, there's. I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't see Patrick Sharp's chiseled jaw. Strong chin, those, you know, those just penetrating baby blues. Just the best. <laughs> All right, dude's a fucking rocket. Anyways, John Buchagross, old head, play-by-play. Barry the Hair Melrose, an analyst. So he'll be color? Yeah, so I think... Well, so... Butcher Gross and Melrose do a lot of the college hockey Frozen Four. Right. Steve Levy has also done Frozen Four. So I feel like for most younger viewers, the ESPN voices they're familiar with are Steve Levy, John Butcher Gross, and Barry Melrose. Right. I'm happy that they're all in the mix. Yeah. And then Linda Cohn. Um, is in the crease on ESPN plus will remain in the mix as well. Yeah. She's, she's great. I'm, I mean, she's been with ESPN for so long. Right. And I mean, that's the thing, like 
when they would cover hockey, it almost seemed like it was always Butch Across Levy or Linda Cone. And then they'd bring in Barry Melrose as the expert. Yeah, and you know who, I, in recent times, uh, you know, and I'm sad to say see that uh, Bill Clement is probably done. You know, he's out. That is that hurts. The, that's the OG. Yeah, ESPN. that's OG, OG, right? I mean, like, <laughs> if I had, like, 1A, 1B hockey announcers, yeah, it's Bill Clement and Doc. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you imagine if those were the two guys and everybody else on this list was just, you know, color? That, but see, here's the thing though: that you can't have a play-by-play guy do the do the color, and you can't have a color guy do play-by-play. Well, yeah, but I think most of these guys on this list could be play-by-play. Yeah, like, I think Butcher Gross has. Well, I guess I don't. I don't want to hear Barry Melrose do play-by-play. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't, and and you know Clement did well. Uh, I think Clement is versatile. I think that he could probably do color with a strong or like, but he's got to be like, have to have the match. So like, if okay, here we go. Dream scenario: Doc Emmerich play by play. Oh, man. Bill Clement color. It's like a 70-30 split. You know, play I play by actually, play to color. I need to correct myself. <laughs> I was thinking of Gary Thorne. Oh yeah, yeah. Bill Clement was Gary Thorne's play color. By, color. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Gary Thorne and Doc are my 1A, 1B. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. On play by play. Play by play. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Because, I mean, Gary Thorne and, and Doc are basically like the voice of the NHL video games for the last 20 years. Sure. Sure. Um, so. If they did bring back Gary Thorne and Bill Clement, because I was watching uh, a couple weeks ago the 01 Cup. I watched Game 7. Yeah. You know, when uh, Ray Bork got his, his cup after 22 years. Yeah. Probably the first time I cried over sports, for sure. Right. Um, <laughs> and it was Gary Thorne, Bill Clement, Steve Levy was the intermission interview guy. Mm-hmm. And then Barry Melrose was an analyst on the intermission show with Al Michaels. Like, it was wow. a powerhouse. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think they're going to get Al Michaels because he's on the NBC contract. Right. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, for people in the late 20s and up, this is a uh, you know, throwback to childhood. Late 2000s, you mean? Well, I meant or, age-wise. Oh, age, age, age yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Um, and you know, yeah, like you're not gonna get. I mean, um, Al Mike or Al Michaels, right? Yeah, miracle. He, yeah, he's gonna. He still does Olympic hockey. Yeah, that's and, it. He's NBC. Right, and that's the thing. Like, unfortunately, I would, I would think that some of the Non-hockey folks like Linda Cohn here, I, they're probably thinking this is like the next step in their career. It's not the pinnacle though. I would think. I don't know though. It, it, it's interesting to see. I, I, I would love to hear. I wonder if this is, you know, the, the pinnacle for some sports announcers, you know, for some, uh, the, you know, obviously Barry Melrose is at the top, right? Chelly, Messier, same, but 
<clears throat> well, like, Interesting. John Butchacross, I feel like he would happily do another sport because of ratings. Right. But he's a hardcore hockey guy. Right, right. Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Um, Bob Wischusen will also have a play-by-play role. And uh, so, so you've got, like, the veteran squad mixed in with some hardcore veteran presence on the hockey side, like with Chelios and Mike Messier. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously Melrose. And then you've got these new new faces like Hillary Knight, Ray Ferraro, Brian Boucher, uh, Cassie Campbell, Pascal, who's a former team Canada captain and NWHL player, Rick DiPietro, AJ um, Molesco, yeah. and Kevin Weeks are joining the ESPN cast as analysts. Man, I would have, like, where is Sharpie here? Right. This is where Sharpie needs to be in. But so, you know, in that most recent list, Hillary Knight, one of the best U.S. uh, women of all time. Right. So it's pretty cool. She's going to get money she deserves. True. So, like, this job will probably allow her to, like, live the life she should be living as a pro hockey player. Right. And then, you know, Cassie Campbell, Pascal, AJ Malesko, a couple, you know, they've got more than just one woman. You know, they've got, they're diversifying. And I think it's really good to see for the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the one, the one name that sticks out to me is that, and it's interesting because this will be the second goalie added to the cast is Rick DiPietro. Very interesting. It's, you know, because he's been like a ghost in hockey for a while, and yeah. the Islanders are still paying him, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. And that's the thing is, you know, good for him. First of all, that he's gonna get some recognition and respect because the hockey world has kind of looked at him like he's a joke for <laughs> yeah. a long time. Right. I mean, first round bust. Right. Like number one overall bust. Like I mean, he people. Had- a couple good seasons, and they signed him to a stupid contract. Brink Johnson, former cap, uh, smashes his face, ends his career. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm just glad to see him get back into the mix. And and no matter what any of us fans say, um, unless you are have had a more successful NHL goalie career than Rick DiPietro, when he starts talking, shut the fuck up. He knows <laughs> he knows more than you, right? And I mean, you know, Brian Boucher there, who's who's been a been a stud in the league before. Uh, yeah. T.J. Olson Olson from the uh, Islanders Never Say Die podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network confirms that DiPietro is still being paid by the Islanders. TJ, Tough break, bud. If you're still listening, how long? Yeah, how long? Do you, it's, it's couple more years still on that right and i think it's like a million or so against cap uh if you're still listening let us know but uh we'll move on real quick don granado will remain coach of the buffalo sabers uh he became coach march 17th i mean give the guy a full year i guess because buffalo's an absolute shitter and probably gonna lose eichel when they they turned it on a little bit you know the second half of the season um it didn't mean anything but you know maybe he had something to do with that, maybe not, but you know, if I'm Buffalo and I see someone with some success, I'm gonna give a guy a chance. Sure, um, my, yeah, whatever. I mean, might as well. The poor, poor, poor Sabers. I just, 
you know, come on, get it together, guys. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will host the NHL 2022 Honda All-Star Weekend at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Duh. You know, now this is something where Vegas is in their element. You know, I, I hate on the Knights a lot, but as far as marketing and things go here, very nice. I think this is a great move by the NHL. You've got, uh, you've got a mobilized fan base. You've got an awesome arena. You've got, uh, the Vegas squad, you know, the people who, um, who come, oh my God, the, the people who come, uh, you know, who, who, who run the show there are incredible. I think this is going to be a really good event. I would, I would, uh, love to go there. I would, I would do this. We should go. We should go. We should get the network to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Okay. So, uh, TJ did get back to us. Holy shit. DiPietro is being paid until the 28-29 season. Wow. 1.5 million a year. That is insane. Insane. Oh, wow. Okay. Is, uh, uh, Bobby Vanilla, I believe that is player for the New York Mets. Right. He gets paid like a certain amount every July 1st <laughs> right. or something. Yeah, he's like 60 or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Well, hey. New York, New York, baby. Let's go. Um, the 2022 Winter Classic will be held January 1st, 2022, as per tradition, at Target Field in Minneapolis, uh, home of the MLB's Minnesota Twins. The, uh, and, and I think that's awesome. I, we're not, you know, we're not going to see the crazy field conditions that we've had in the past. I don't think in January in Minnesota. In fact, it'll likely be snowing and there'll probably be like snow drifts that are like killing people right. in that fucking state, dude. So it's about time Minnesota gets it. Sure. And I mean, you know, get into a northern state. I mean, at least it's the ice guys are going to have an easy time making the ice freeze, whether they're going to have to cover the ice and make other considerations based on the, on the precipitation. That is going to be another thing. So they're going to have their unique challenges as you always do with trying to make NHL quality ice outside, uh, uncovered in an uncovered barn, which isn't even a barn in an uncovered arena. So, uh, I think that's cool. I think I'm, I'm happy to see it. I went to a winter classic you know, I went to the Nationals winter, uh, the winter classic for, for against the Blackhawks in Nationals field. And, um, I was in the outfield. It wasn't terrible. Cool atmosphere. Um, uh, I mean, the, the, I was, I'll be honest, I was watching Jumbotron a little bit more than the actual ice. Yeah. But if you were in the good seats, like up high, I would suggest if you're going to go to a winter classic, go high. Get, yeah. get high seats. Um, I like to sit high anyways watching hockey. Yeah, I mean, when we went to the college game at Notre Dame Stadium, mm -hmm. we were in what you would consider good seats in a football game, right. like 15 rows up. Right. And it was terrible visibility. Couldn't and, see over the glass. Right. And then we moved to an open part of the stadium right. behind the field goal post, and we went up like 50 rows and it was a much better view. So to your point, if you're going to an outdoor game, get up high, get high, get high. Um, every time <laughs> the 2022 
Navy Federal Credit Union NHL Stadium Series game will be held February 2022 at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Now, that is probably going to present a bit more of a challenge than being in Minnesota. Who knows, though? You know, if Minnesota's under a blizzard in in New Year's, uh, it could be a shit show there, too. Yeah, but if they can do Texas and California. That's true. They can do Nashville. Yeah, and, you know, Nashville is in the part of the country where it could be pretty cold then, but it also could be warm, so... You know, it I'd could say like a, a perfect situation probably would be like mid forties. Yeah, but but I don't you know. know, to go back to our game at yeah. Notre Dame, we were expecting a really cold day. Yeah, and it was like thirty eight degrees, and we had all those layers on, and we were roasting. Right, right, that's true. Um, home of the NFL's Tennessee Titans, there. So good stuff. That'll that'll be a, probably a really good atmosphere, and. Um, also, should be a good game. I'm not sure who they're playing, but yeah, I didn't see if they announced. I I don't think the schedule's made up yet. Right? Yeah, we won't know. So uh. hopefully, it's a good game. Um, Bettman has come out and said the NHL is planning to hold a Tim Hortons Heritage Classic in March, but no other details. Which will most likely well, the Heritage is always in Canada. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's the same two teams, isn't that right? Calgary and is it always Calgary and Edmonton? I thought, but we may be we may be off base there. Yeah. Uh, let's get into some contract extensions that we've seen. Erickson Eck signed eight years, forty two million dollar extension for the Wild. That's five point two million dollars a year for their number two center. Talk about uh, cap certainty here. I don't hate this move. Eight years. So think about eight years. Three years into this deal. The cap could skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Could and you got um, him locked in. <clears throat> yeah, and then you've got him locked in, and let's say you get lucky as a wild and draft like a bona fide number two, number one center. He just moves down the lineup, and you're paying five point two for a very good defensive center who can also contribute offense uh, in some manner. You know, he's not. He's like a nineteen goal guy. He's no powerhouse, but. He would fit perfectly. Uh, I think he's a third line center in any but in any team. Yeah, he could be a Lars Heller. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't hate it. I think Minnesota fans. Some. I think they're split on it. Some hate it. Some don't. But uh, I think a lot of writers and analysts in Minnesota don't like it because it's because of the length of the contract. Yeah. <clears throat> so who knows? Uh, we'll see how that pans out in eight years. We'll talk to you then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wayne Simmons signed a two-year, $1.8 million contract to stay with the Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday. Uh, 900K a year. This one's questionable. What do you think? I mean, I like Wayne Simmons, but he's a bit older. Um, you know, he's got that net front presence. I'm not sure how bona fide a tough guy he is anymore. Yeah. On that team, though, he's probably the toughest player. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's strange that it's two, not one. Yeah. Um, he must have proven something. I don't hate the signing. The only thing is two instead of one that I think is weird. But, yeah. Um, I mean, you're getting him for under a mil a year. Right. That's that's decent. And, you know, at the very least, um, pretty sure he's a decent penalty killer. Yeah. And he'll 
whether he's fighting or not, he'll mix it up in front of the net. Sure, and he'll be he'll be a pest, and he'll be somewhat of a physical presence for sure. Right. Um, you know, good on Wayne to get this mm-hmm. and play in Toronto. Uh, Jonas Johansson signed a one-year contract with Colorado Avalanche on Tuesday. No financials is closed yet. He went five, six, and two with the one shot out with the Avs and Sabres last year. Goaltender. Um, the 2021 Knicks, well, moving on, the 21, 20, 2021 NHL expansion draft for the Seattle Kraken will be broadcast on Wednesday, July 21st at 8 p.m. on ESPN2 in the U.S. and Sportsnet and Sportsnet Now in Canada live from Seattle. We're supposed to be live streaming that at some point um, on that Wednesday. So look out, THPN may be uh, in the books for that. The first round of the 2021 NHL draft will be broadcast on Friday, July 23rd at 8 on ESPN2 in the U.S. and Sportsnet and Sportsnet now in Canada. So, you know, and that's in what? Secaucus, New Jersey? Oh, live from the NHL Network studio, sorry. You put a lot of information in here on this outline. So the first day is on ESPN2. Okay. Day two is on the NHL Network. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I I do not watch the draft hardly ever. I will be more tuned in to the expansion draft than Absolutely. I will the draft draft. Yeah. And Caps fans, you know, next week we'll probably be diving into what's going to go on with the Washington Capitals in that draft. And then we'll give you a, a week after that as well, after it happens, to see what happens with, uh, with the Caps uh, in reality. So tune in next week for that. The Seattle Kraken named Jay Leach and Paul McFarland assistant coaches. Leach has been an NHL coach for Providence in Wilkes-Barre. McFarland's coming up from being, uh, coming from being head coach and GM of Kingston in the OHL. Dave Hackstall is the head coach and Seattle's first game is September 26th versus Vancouver. That's smart. Yeah. Get yeah. that rivalry going. Get yeah. That. And, uh, it just recently TJ Oshie was, uh, Praising Hackstall. I guess he played for him in juniors. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Uh, obviously interesting to see. I don't want Vegas to look like an overperformer here. So I'm wishing Seattle all the best of luck. <laughs> I would love to see him, you know, make the playoffs. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to go to the cup, but make the yeah. playoffs and prove it wasn't a fluke. Right. Or prove it. Prove they weren't, that Vegas wasn't special. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, look, we're going to wrap this up with just some UFA big names that seem to be on the table here. We've got Nick Felino, who's currently with the Leafs. He's 33. Ryan Getzloff, 36. Nick Benino with the Wild at 33. Blake Coleman, who's a shorthanded specialist there. Uh, PK guy, speedy guy, still has the legs at 29. Philip Denault. Uh, just had a decent series with the Canadians. He's only 28 center. Taylor Hall with the Bruins at 29. I think he's deserved a contract there at Boston if they can afford him. Uh, Mike Hoffman for St. Louis, 31. David Krejci for the Bruins at 35. He's looking at retirement, maybe? Who knows? Uh, I have a ton of respect for Krejci. He's the man. I don't see him moving from the Bruins, but who knows? Who knows what they do? I mean, they just shipped Chara, so... Right. Uh, you know, 
Gabriel Landeskog, 28. He's definitely going to get re-signed by the, by the Avs, I would think. Alex Ovechkin, we all know what's going to happen there. Tuned back to a couple of episodes ago where the Caps are playing 3D chess with his contract. Kyle Palmieri with the Islanders um, had a good playoff, but that's about it. A decent playoff. Uh, that's about it. Corey Perry with the Canadians. Um, big story this year. He's 36. He only got a one-year deal with them. Who knows what they do next year. Uh, I saw that I think he wants to stay in Montreal. Sure. And that makes complete sense. But whether the team will oblige, who knows. Brandon Saad, Colorado, 28. You know, one of those guys who is really good and he just bounced around the league a little bit. Uh, who, who, I don't think he's fully reached his potential. but I think a lot of people were um, skeptical when Colorado brought him in. But he had a pretty yeah. good season. Sure. Sure, yeah. I think he did too. Uh, and he's a good secondary scoring for them. So yeah. we're going to need, probably going to need him. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, another Chicago, uh, prosper, sh- spent time with Chicago, St. Louis Blues. He's 29. He's got the scoring touch. Uh, Stastny with the Jets, man. Can't believe he's 35 already. I know. Yeah. He might be on, on the outs. And Joe Thornton for the Leafs at 42. Um, so that's it for today. I've got to go to the bathroom, so I think we should just cut it here. Remember, check us out um, anywhere you find podcasts, obviously, and give us a rating. Five stars only. Five stars only. And until Thursday, we're going to deep dive the Montreal Canadiens and Tampa Bay Lightning um, Stanley Cup Final. Only five games to cover there, but we'll go deep and, and go game by game on Thursday. So tune in then. Until then, Caps fans, Hockey Troll, Collie Cupcakes, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.